All right. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. I know um, everybody's chattering along and um, great, uh, great to be with you again this morning. I hope you had a great Tuesday off and got a chance to spend some time together, spend some time with your family, and, um, and you got a chance to relax a little bit, uh, a little bit more um, yesterday. And, um, and so I'm, I'm glad to be with you this morning. And, uh, and I, I hope today will be, um, um, there will be a level of, of interaction with you and your spouse, or if you came here with a group, um, or maybe, maybe just individually, um, that, that God may be doing something in you personally. But um, uh, so some of the, what, what we're going to cover today is looking at how does, how does God give us a level of, of breakthrough? We're, we're going to look at something in this first session, and then hopefully we'll have enough time to look uh, at the second, second session once we, uh, once we take a break. Uh, but I'm hoping that today will be uh, freeing for you as some of these um, elements and concepts were as freeing uh, for me. So let, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's start by prayer, uh, praying together, and then we'll dive in. So God, thank you um, that you, you love us. And there's never been a time, uh, there's never been a time where you have not been working in our lives. And um, thank you for your sovereign purpose, your sovereign will, um, caring for us, leading us, guiding us. Even, even now, God, um, for some who are here this morning and this week, it was all a part of your plan from the very beginning. And um, so we're very grateful uh, that you lead us in some very uh, specific ways. So we pray you would superintend our time, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so, so um, when, when we think of where we are today, when I think of where I am today, um, and you think back over the dots that have been connected um, you, when you kind of look back, you can recognize that God has always been working. He has always been working, shaping us, molding us to be the kind of people, um, even, even in terms of uh, when we get to, when we open our eyes to see that Jesus is reality, it has been God all along leading you and me up to this moment. So when I was 12 years old, I, I gave my life to Jesus. And, um, and I, I was playing, um, again, from Chicago. We have alleyways in Chicago. I was playing softball in the alley on a summer day, came in for a drink of water. Uh, not really expecting God to disrupt my life. Um, and my mother and her twin sister asked me a simple question. And that question was, if you die today, where would you go? Like all I came in for, I just came for a drink of water. 
I didn't really come in to get into a deep theological question of eternity. And it's interesting that I could not focus and concentrate on my softball game for the rest of the time. Why? Because I was thinking about that question. I was thinking about the question of my relationship with God. Didn't want to, but God used my mother and her twin sister to ask a very, very profound question that captured my attention for the rest of the day. Not only did it capture my attention for the rest of the day, it has captured my attention for the rest of my life. Because that was April, that was April of 1977. Kind of dating myself. April of 1977, November 1st, 1977, I gave my life to Jesus. And it was based on that question that my mother and twin sister, her twin sister, asked me um, for, uh, for that's, yeah, seven months earlier. And so, 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 so God has always been working. And little did I know, little did I know, and just to let you know, even that moment, was pinpointed, I believe, on God's calendar based on something that happened many, many, many years prior to that. You see, my mother's, my mother's mother, um, she was one of eight children that survived in pregnancy. So her mother had seven other children that were stillborn. And my grandmother was the only one that lived and survived. So my grandmother had 10 children, of which my mother and her twin sister um, were two. And my mother and aunt tells the story that that. Um, that, that, that her, her great-grandmother would pray for generations, would pray for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And so I'm, I'm an answer to a literal prayer that my great-great-grandmother prayed that she prayed for my mother's children. And she prayed for her children of only one that lived. So I, I, want, you to, I, want, you to, I want you to hold on to this really, really big statement that God has always been working. He has always been doing something in your life, in your family's life. You are not here at Gold Lake by accident. You, are, you didn't marry the person that you married by accident. You're not in the family that you're in by accident. You're not working where you're working by accident. God has always been working. Even in our mess, God has always been working. Can I get like two or three amens right there? Like even when we fail. God's grace is present and working. 
So, so, so I want to, I, I, you're going to, hopefully, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you not to re- resist some of the deep work that God might be calling you to in this hour, in this moment. And I know it's like, well, I'm, I just came, you know, make me laugh and, you know, let me have a good time. And, and that's cool and all, but, 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 but what changes a person is when you and I interact with some very, very powerful questions, all right? So I want to I wanna kind of, we're going to talk about four questions, and you're going to engage those four questions. And if you have to, you know, go off a little bit to do that, you can do that. If you want to just stay at your table, you can do that. Um, if you want to um, uh, even talk about it as a table, if you came with somebody that you know, um, that might be that might be cool too. But again, I'm going to ask you to choose a situation in your life, either as a family or personally, to interact and apply the questions that we'll get to in a little bit. So, here's a, here's what I I just mentioned, and there's a verse to back it up. And this is the kind of an anchor verse for us uh, throughout this time. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We all are formed by your hand. So what I, just, what I just mentioned, that God has always been shaping and molding and developing us. Even when we were still sinners, before we came to know Jesus, for those of you who are followers of Jesus, before you became a Christian, God was molding and shaping. He gave you a wiring. He gave you a personality. For those of you who are on, you know, you've taken the Enneagram, you, like God created you to be a one, a perfectionistic one, for those of you who know the Enneagram. And it probably drives your spouse crazy that you are so perfect, like you are the fourth person of the Trinity, right? So, so, um, so, 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 so again, God is always forming us, and He does it in a number of ways. And everybody in this room, you can attest to this. So, so I'll get to that in a few minutes. So, the sovereign mindset, the definition of a sovereign mindset is God has always been working, shaping, and developing us. So when we talk about sovereign, we're talking about God being in control and that from your birth and before your birth, God has been in control of your life. I know it doesn't seem like it, but a lot of things that you and I have gone through is that God has navigated the circumstances to bring us to these places to shape and mold us. Now, the question is, how does God do it? How does God shape and develop us, and how has he been doing it in a sovereign way? Well, he does it in, he does it in three ways. He uses people, he uses events, and he uses circumstances to shape us, to mold us, to develop us. He uses people. He used, for some, he used um, a soccer coach or a baseball coach. 
For others, he used a vacation Bible school teacher. For others, he used parents. And for others, he used a brother or a sister or a cousin. For others, he used an enemy. For others, he used a whole group of people, maybe a fourth grade teacher. My, one, of the, one of the ways in which God shaped my life early on, Miss Little, was my fourth grade teacher. And for, um, I knew my parents loved me, but the, the kind of special attention that Miss Little paid to me as a student, it motivated me to be a better student. Plus, she was so fine, too. So, I mean, that was another thing. Uh, like, like, I was enamored with her, but she paid attention to a little boy and said that you can do something. Mr. Norton, my eighth grade, my, eight, my seventh and eighth grade teacher, another one who paid a lot of attention to me, who, who said, Marvin, you are smart. And there were times where he took me home and he invested in me and poured into me. And in seventh and eighth grade, I blossomed as a student, but because, because of Mr. Norton. And then when I got to high school, um, uh, Sister Werner, I went to a Catholic high school. It's interesting, my mother, we lived on the west side of Chicago. It, the, gang, uh, the, the gangs were really bad. Uh, they got even worse when the movie The Warriors came out. Some of you remember The Warriors, that movie. And um, my mother said, you're, gonna, you're not going to a public high school. You're going to go to a Catholic high school because you'll be safe there. Ironically, there were more gangs in the Catholic high school than there were in the public high school. And so Miss, uh, Miss uh, Sister, Sister Teresa, that was her name. Sister Werner was my college teacher. Sister, Werner, uh, Sister Teresa helped me to understand math, and she was, she was patient with me. She invested in my life. And then Mr. Duvall, Mr. Duvall was my high school writing teacher. He was my, my high school honors writing teacher. And so so he said, Marvin, you have a gift for writing. And I didn't think anything of it. It's just that I, I just, I like to write. And he said, you, I, I want you to write for the school newspaper. And his investment in me, I owe part of what I'm doing today, writing for our daily bread. I can trace it back to a series, a group of teachers that invested in me, particularly um, Mr. Duval, and then Sister Werner in my, my, um, my freshman English uh, class. She was so meticulous. And she, if I, was, if I was five minutes late for, we took a test every day, we took a quiz every day, but I was five minutes late. She said, and she was so, she was a, she was, it was interesting. She's a, a white nun at a historically black college and university which I thought was, was, was amazing. And she, I would come in like two minutes late, three minutes late, five minutes late. She said, Mr. Williams, take your desk and sit it outside the door and wait until everyone else is done with their quiz. Like, like I was getting hit in the face and I didn't know that I was getting hit in the face. She was so nice. But, but it was because of her that, um, that I think I'm writing today or I'm communicating today. I mean, obviously, God invested some things in me, but because of those people. And I have, again, a whole, a whole group of other people that invested in my life. 
events. Some events in your life has caused um, you to develop, whether it's your marriage or some who are here today, maybe a divorce, an event really, really shaped and molded your life in a different way. Or maybe it's the death of a parent. Or maybe it's, um, um, it, is, it was a, um, something at your, um, at your high school or college that marked you for life. And then, and then circumstances. Circumstances that God has used to mold and shape and develop your life. So, so what I want you to do, just, just, we're, we're going to take a, just a, a moment, and I want you to, on your paper, if you have paper, I want you to kind of write down people and, and give some space, and then I want you to write down events, give some space, and then circumstances, give some space. And I want you personally, not, not as a group yet, not your spouse, but you personally right now, I want you to, I want you to, to write down the actual names and possible uh, those events and circumstances that have shaped and marked you, that God has used those things to develop you up to this point. All right, up to this point, these are things that God has used to mold and shape you, all right? So I'm going to give you a few minutes um, to write that down right now, and, um, and then we'll come back, and then we'll, uh, we'll continue. So find, uh, just, just write those, those people, those circumstances, those events down uh, right now. All right, take a, take a few minutes to do that. And let me, let me pause just for a second here. The circumstances and the people and the events can be both positive and also painful because God just doesn't shape us through the positive things. I would dare say that he does his best shaping in the adversity and in the pain and the suffering. So, so we're walking on, we're running on two tracks here, both the positive as, all, as well as those adverse situations as well. All right, one of the things that I hate about this particular exercise, again, you get into it and then, um, then you hear my voice to stop you. And I don't, I don't want, um, I, I want to be able to move on, but I want to at least, I wanted to at least for you to get started on um, the, the people, the events, the circumstances that have shaped and molded your life. Very rarely do we stop and consider a sovereign mindset. In other words, very rarely do we stop to take a look back and see the people, events, and circumstances that have shaped our lives. All right? So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask it just if I'll just take a, I'm going to take, you know, one from uh, people, one from events, and one from circumstances that individuals who, if you feel comfortable in sharing, in sharing that, Name the person and then how they marked you. Name the event and how it marked you. Name the circumstance uh, and how it marked you. So someone, do I have, you know, three volunteers or just volunteers who say, hey, I'll take, 
hey, this person marked my life and, and here's how. Uh, anybody who want to take that? Yeah, thank you. Wow, wow. Thank you. Again, just, just God is always working. So first, first day we talked about, we talked about this whole idea of prison postures, kneeling in the mire, walking in the fire, um, singing in stocks, and um, sleeping in handcuffs, that even in those moments, God is sovereignly working, all right? So he uses people, he uses events, and he uses circumstances, and that's how he's always been working in our lives, all right? So, um, so, so he, here, is, here is something that I want us to keep in mind every day we wake up, and it's called the expectancy principle. And the expectancy principle has everything to do with what we're talking about now, that God is always working. He's always doing something. And the expectancy principle says... We ask to start with asking the question, do we expect God to show up and do something? So that's the, that's the $64,000 question. Do we expect him to do something? Or are we just simply like I'm just going through the motions of being a Christian, being a dad, being a mom, being a, an employee, an employer, an entrepreneur? Do we expect God to do something? And so if we do, then he will, and we will see it. If we don't expect him to do anything or to show up and do something, here's the rub. It will still happen, but we just won't see it. That is, that's a game changer that all around us, God is working, but we have to have eyes to see it. Now, it's going to still happen, whether we expect it or not. We just won't see it. So waking up every day that God is going to use a person, he is going to use a circumstance, he is going to use an event to shape me today, transform me today in some way. It could be really, really small, or it could be really, really large, all right? So that's the expectancy principle. So, so when we talk about um, development and transformation, and we talk about our prison postures, we are asking, God, when is my breakthrough coming? When are we going to get on the other side of this? Well, breakthrough is really about choices. And God is sovereign. God is in control. But it really is, on one level, about choices, the choices that you and, I, and you and I make. And those choices are actually about asking the right questions. So typically when we're in a situation, when we're in a circumstance, we're saying, what's the right answer? How do I get out of it? But as you know, probably more than the right answer is being able to ask the right questions. If we can frame the questions right, I think God can actually work. So the right questions actually help us to discern 
the issues and the will of God for that particular situation that we're in, all right? So are we asking the right questions? And so here are the questions. There are four questions, and these questions are really taken from Tom Patterson's uh, book on the on his his book on talking about purpose and life. But these are so powerful. These questions are so powerful. So I want you to think about circumstances and uh, situations that you're in, and because you're going to actually apply these questions. All right. So the first question is, what is right? Now, what I mean by that is, what is this situation, what in this, it should be, what in this situation are we doing right? So whatever your family is, in, whatever your family is dealing with right now, your marriage, your job, I want you to look at this on two levels. I want you to look at it as your family, and I want you to look at it as an individual. So if you are fighting debt right now, and the question is, what are we doing that is absolutely right? If you are dealing with on, you know, the verge of you know, marital conflict or, um, or relational, relational tension, is what are, we, what are some of the things we're doing right as husband and wife? What are some of the things we're doing right as a family? And then if you take it on a more personal level, or even if you can use this, use this for your job, what is in this situation at my job, what are we doing right? What am I doing right? All right. So um, what are the issues we are absolutely clear on? So when you recognize and discern the things you're doing right, these are things you enhance, you do more of. All right? So I want you to keep thinking about that situation that you and your spouse may be dealing with right now. What is it that we're doing right? Do more of it and do it better. All right? Here's the second question. What are we doing in this situation that is wrong? Like we are just not on the same, we are just not doing this particular thing right. So if we continue down this road, this is what you tell yourself, tell each other, if we continue down this road, we will not solve the problem that we're facing right now, and the situation will not get better. Now, some of you are, are dealing, you are, you keep trying certain things, you keep trying certain things, and it's all wrong. And it may be a very clear indication that God has closed the door on that thing. But because we're so stubborn and we don't like, we don't like taking no for an answer, we keep bumping our head against that thing and it's all wrong. It could be, do we need to accept God's reality on this situation? All right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave room for questions as well before you dive you dive into it. So what are the things that we're doing, uh, we're doing wrong? Here's a, okay, I forgot. So, so the response to the thing that we're doing wrong is just stop it. Just stop. Stop doing that thing, and the Bible calls that repentance. Like, like, 
like, why should we keep doing this thing? And we're, that's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Okay? So here's the third question. What's missing that should be included? Are there thoughts, behaviors, or actions that we are missing and have not included in this situation? What are we not seeing that needs to be explored? And so the consequence of that question is add something. If it's missing, add it. What are the thoughts that need to be added? What are the behaviors that need to be added? What are the activities that need to be added in this process, in this situation? All right? So what's missing? What's missing? Question number four, what's confused? What are we doing that is confusing the situation even more? What are the actions? What am I doing? Sweetie, what am I doing that's confusing the whole situation? What are you doing? Again, we've got to ask ourselves the question, what are you doing to confuse the situation? Are we sending double signals on this thing? Because it's confusing the whole situation. So the issue, the consequence here is clarify. What issues do we need to, what issues do we need clarity on? What shifts do we need to make to gain clarity so we can become, so we can, can, so that we can, should be move forward or better recognize where God might be at work or healing me or healing us? And this is a key thought. We don't come to clarity alone. We come to clarity in community. All right, so, so those are the four questions. So let's kind of go back through them again. What is right? What are we absolutely clear on? So we enhance that. We keep working on it and doing it better. Question two, what are we doing in this situation that's wrong? And we need to actually stop it. So when, when my wife and I ask these kinds of questions, um, before we did Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University, um, we were in a ton of debt, ton of debt. And we came to the conclusion when we asked this question, what we're doing wrong is we are spending and we're just paying the bare minimum and we are continuing to live beyond our means, it's absolutely wrong. We need to repent of this. So we need to stop. So we put the credit cards up, and we began Dave Ramsey's snowball. Snow, we started snowballing our debt, starting, you know, get quick wins. Smallest bill first up to the, uh, up to the, the, the larger ones. And um, within nine to 12 months, uh, we had paid off $13,000 worth of debt just by recognizing what we were doing wrong, adding what we need to add, 
And I was kind of confusing the situation, right? I was like, like I was saying, like, like years earlier, I would say, we want to get out, I want to get out of debt. I want to get out of debt. But I continue to spend. I continue to spend money on books about Jesus. Again, I'm getting in debt in Jesus' name, of course, which was totally wrong. And so these questions can be liberating. And so what's missing? So we needed to actually sit in a community of people who were going through Financial Peace University as well. We needed community. We needed accountability. And that was a big deal. And I had to swallow my pride and let others know this is, here's our life, right? And then what's confused? Um, those are the four questions. Recognize God is ultimately in control, shaping our lives, developing our lives. Though God is in control, there are things we can do and things he's calling us to take responsibility for, even in the midst of the unknown. All right? So God is ultimately in control. We participate, cooperate with him. And now what I want you to do, I want you to apply the four questions to a current situation you're going through, your family is going through, uh, again, as a family or individually, and discuss it as a group. And then what choices do you need to make? I'm not talking about aspirational. I'm talking about what actual choices do you need to make based on those questions? What are we doing right? Let's keep doing it, sweetie. Honey, let's keep doing it because I recognize we're doing some really good stuff in this area. By the same token, there are some things we're doing wrong. Can we agree that the, this is wrong, what we're doing in terms of how we're attacking this situation? And let's figure out how we can get clarity on those things. What's missing? Do we need to bring in other people to help us understand what we're doing right or help, uh, help, us what, help us to see what we're doing right or wrong or what's confused in our lives? And so, so what I want, I want you to do now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a moment and I want to I want to actually uh, answer any questions that you might have before you dive in to, um, to trying to answer some of the questions. I know this is a little invasive, but, uh, but I, I tell you, transformation cannot happen unless we go down this road. All right, any questions that you have that uh, need clarity on before you dive in? Any questions? Any comments that, um, that you say, wow, I, like, like I just, here's a comment that I have. Anybody? Question or comment? Yes. Okay, okay in terms of the four questions. Okay, so let me, let me, um, um, trying to think of a, 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 a really, really present situation that, uh, I'm sorry? Yeah, what, my wife's job right now, and, I, I, and she, we're, I asked her these questions, and we're working through these questions now. So one of the things that she's doing, um, she's doing really, really well, and what's working right is she continues to... Um, 
to, to ask questions. She continues to do her job well. So if you're going to finish, you need to finish well. So she's doing that right, and so I celebrate that. What she's doing wrong, or at least what I consider her doing wrong at this point, she is letting the, her bosses and managers um, say things without her challenging them. And it is, these are not, these, these are um, kind of microaggressions, if you will, and she's not challenging them. So again, it's hard to lead up, right? Like, like if, you know, I would rather walk away from my job than get fired from my job. So, so one of the things that she is not doing right that I'm helping, I'm trying to encourage her is to, is to, um, is to actually speak up when she needs to speak up on these particular issues. All right, so that's the, that's the wrong. So the, the missing thing and the confusing thing go hand in hand. They never gave her a job description. And so her job description is relatively confusing. And so what they did, they changed her, they in midstream without actually saying this, she was hired for one job and now in the middle of it, they expect her to do sales and marketing, which was never a part of her job description. So now my encouragement to her is she needs to help them clarify the job description and that is confusing to her right now and she's getting information from various sources and not from her immediate manager and so that is extremely frustrating it's confusing and i told her we had a conversation last night um i said you need to you need to clarify have them clarify what exactly are they asking you to do? All right, so that's an, uh, does that, is that very help? Is that helpful? Okay, that's an immediate situation that we're working through presently. And these are questions not just for, um, th these are questions you can put in your back pocket and apply to almost any situation that you're dealing with uh, presently. Any other questions, comments before I turn you loose? All right, so um, so this is this is what we'll this is what we'll do. I think we have until twelve, um, and so what I'm going to ask this is a time for a break, say a five minute break, and then I want you to come back, uh, or if you want to take a you know take a take a walk or what have you. If you don't want to do it in here, if there are some things they said, man, this is kind of this is real private that sort of thing. Uh, I just want this to be between me and my wife or or if you're here by yourself, then it's, you can do it you know, by yourself, single. That's fine. Uh, so let's take a five-minute break. And then, um, so let's come back in this room, um, let's say at 11.45. 11.45, and then we can discuss um, some of your findings if you desire to. And did you find the process helpful? Did you find it frustrating? Um, was there some level of clarity or breakthrough that you all came up with as, um, as a couple? Because God is shaping and molding us, and I think he uses these kinds of questions to do that. So let me, let me pray over us, 
Um, and so as you, as you delve into this, that the Spirit would be active and at work in your lives right now. So God, thank you for your people. Uh, thank you for that you've always been working. And I pray that as uh, these couples, these individuals engage these questions, I pray that you would, um, you would open their eyes and they would expect you to show up even in their conversation. Thank you again for uh, this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.